Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm an award-winning blogger, YouTuber, life coach, badass entrepreneur, manifester, and author. My mission is to awaken and to inspire women to live their best lives now and to find their purpose in life. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and to start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. So thank you so much guys for joining me for another one of my Spiritual Queen's Badass podcast episodes. Today I've got an extremely special guest, the amazing Jordan Bark is here with me today. Now Jordan, if you don't know, is a life coach, motivational speaker, blogger and certified yoga and meditation teacher. He's been recognized as one of the most influential teachers on the contemporary spiritual scene. His down-to-earth messages reach a whole new generation of people seeking wisdom and inner peace. Through his popular blog and social media posts, Jordan brings hope and healing to hundreds of thousands of people around the world. So thank you so much, Jordan, for being here with me today. I'm excited to have a conversation with you. This is great. Exciting. So the first question I always love to ask every single one of my guests is, when did you spiritually awaken? What's your story? My spiritual awakening? Well, for me, it didn't feel like an awakening, a spiritual awakening that you might read about in a self-help book or see you know in the movies for me it was kind of a gradual a gradual sort of a gradual yeah you could use the word awakening but really what it was for me is a sense of clarity uh it's not that something was revealed to me that anything that you know what was revealed to me that like blew open my perspective in one moment uh, it, my, my story is very simple and it's just that I was a lonely, uh, confused, uh, little boy who didn't really understand why I was here. Uh, at many points in my childhood and early life, I felt like I was an alien on this planet and I felt weird. I felt, I, w- I felt like a weird kid. And because I felt like a weird kid, sometimes I probably acted like one. And so people treated me like one and I felt weird and out of place. And then when I started to, started to read, you know, new and ancient uh, wisdom tradition, and I started to really ask the big questions like, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing here? Um, What is my authentic personality? Uh, When I started to ask those questions, the answers, you could say miraculously, 
revealed themselves to me. And it gave me not this explosive sense of awakening, like in the movie, you know, Limitless, where he takes a pill and all of a sudden, boom. It was more like, oh, yeah, this is clarifying my questions and making me feel more at peace. And, and I think that's really important for anyone who's on a spiritual journey. Um, there are many detours on the spiritual path that appear to be spiritual awakenings, but they're, in, in many cases, uh, sort of imaginations or, or, or imaginary thinking. Uh, and the right way to gauge whether you are learning something that is going to be truly helpful for you on your path uh, is to gauge whether or not you feel more at peace. So it's not just as Carl Jung, the famous psychoanalyst said, enlightenment is not about imagining figures of light, but about making the unconscious conscious. So that just means it's, it's not all about having these out of body experiences and all about talking to dead people or, you know, communicating with your, with your angels. It, 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 although sometimes it is, it's really about finding things that make you feel more at peace with your reality here on the planet. And absolutely, and I, I totally agree with that. It is really that connection that you have with with you know what you resonate with and that's why i say to people you know there's no right or wrong way of being spiritual because people think that they need to kind of follow this textbook rules of this is how you have a spiritual awakening and this is how you're spiritual but it is such a personal journey and different things will work for different people yeah i mean i say you can you can commune with all that is god in yoga pants in leather pants or in no pants <laughs> it doesn't really matter how you're doing it it doesn't matter how you're connecting with love how you're connecting with um, a sense of clarity and peace and understanding and empathy uh, and discernment too that's often left out in new age or new thought uh, higher consciousness uh, talk um, in this community but discernment uh, which is to say proper judgment of situations and of people and of your next right action uh, the, all of these things are god and you can call it god you can call it universe or light i prefer god um it just resonates with me which is funny because i grew up in a in an, a family of atheists uh, my father sat at the dinner table and said anyone who believes in anything outside of themselves is intellectually weak um, and just is, is using these imaginary thoughts to deal with the harsh realities of life. So, so that's to answer your question about my spiritual awakening. Uh, that's what I always believed. Uh, I, there, we had no religion or spirituality in the home. And when I went, one of the best things my parents ever did for me was send me to boarding school when I was 14 years old. And so in a very real way, I was individuated psychologically from my parents uh, when I was a young, a, a young kid. And I was on my own and I had to learn how to make friends on my own and deal with roommates on my own and, and get into fights uh, on my own. Uh, I didn't have my parents to run home to. 
And that's when I really started grappling with these questions. I didn't have my father, you know, my father's psychology sort of breathing down my neck, uh, which would have me believe that, um, that if I talked about God or spirituality or anything mystical or esoteric, uh, that I was a total looney tune, a total lunatic. Uh, I really was able to create my own perspective of the world and my own perspective of self. And as I just started to ask those questions, as has always been the case for me, things were slowly but surely revealed to me, whether it be a book that show up on my bookshelf that I didn't put there. I mean, how odd is that? I wrote in my journal one night when I was when I graduated college and I didn't know what to do with my life. I didn't know what what to do with my life. I, I wrote down in my journal, dear God, I, I know I'm here for a reason. I know I have a message to share about this this spirituality that's been growing inside me since I was a little kid that I've denied. How can I come forward and share it? And with whom should I share it? And then a book showed up on my bookshelf, a book called The Tragedy of Today's Gays by a gay activist named Larry Kramer. And it was about just the sad state of uh, the queer community. And after, and I said, how did this book get on my bookshelf? I didn't put it here. And I don't know if an angel put it there or if a friend came over one night and slipped it onto my bookshelf. I don't know. All I know is that a few days after asking the universe to really show me how I should start delivering my message and to whom I should deliver my message that popped up. And so, you know, eight, 10 years ago, I was speaking almost exclusively to queer people, to LGBTQ people. And that was guidance that was given to me. So any, at any point on the spiritual path, I want to encourage people to just ask questions of the universe surrenderedly, which is to say, God is not your errand boy. You can't be like, God, I want this boy. Please, you know, please get this guy to like me. Instead, show me what I am to do in this relationship. Show me what I'm to do today when I'm working on this project. Show me what I'm to do with my life path. Show me what I'm to do at this fork in the road of my path. Show me what to do. And then you can just sit back and trust and look around for the signs. The problem isn't that we don't get the signs. It's that we're not willing to accept the signs. So true. It really is so true what you say. So with your work, you talk a lot about self-acceptance in our lives. So how can we find more self-acceptance and what would your top tips be? The most interesting, one of the most interesting things about coaching people uh, for the past several years, one-on-one, in very intimate conversations, is that I've spoken with people who are broke, completely broke and lost and addicted. And I've spoken with people who are extraordinarily successful in the world's view. Uh, people who run multi-million dollar multinational corporations, you know? And I've noticed the common threads between us all. On some level, we all feel like we're not enough. On some level, we feel like we could be doing more. And on some level, we really want to feel accepted as opposed to rejected. 
we want to feel included as opposed to abandoned, whether that be by our by our uh, peers, by our family, uh, or by our our our, uh, our colleagues. Uh, and and that has that has it's been so interesting to see that as a common thread, and so really everyone's striving for a sense of self acceptance. We all feel like once someone accepts me, once my peers, my family, my my colleagues accept me fully, then I can accept myself. And that's a trick. That's a trick. That's a trick. That's a trick that the fear mind or the ego will use to keep you holding yourself back from love in every area of your life. So once you realize that, just that realization of, whoa, what areas of my life am I holding myself back from love in the moment and delaying it and saying, once I work hard enough, then I will extend love to myself. Once I'm accepted by this guy, then I'll accept myself. Once my family loves me, then I can accept myself. Then I can extend love to myself. Once you realize that you're doing that, you're already a little bit more clever than the ego in you. And you can start to realize that in the moment when you're beating yourself up, Oh, this is what's happening. I'm holding myself back from love in this moment, knowing that love is always there. Love is always right here. And as I'm speaking to you in this moment, and whoever is listening to this right now, you may have woken up today and been in a crappy mood. You may be hectic in the middle of your day or sad at the end of your day. But I want you to know right now, love is available to you. And as soon as you tap into that through feelings of, through conscious effort, conscious feelings of gratitude and appreciation, like right now I'm looking, at, I'm looking down at the floor and the sun is streaming in through the blinds and creating this beautiful pattern on the floor. And I have food in my refrigerator and I just sort of redecorated the room that I'm in. So I'm like excited about that. Once you start generating these feelings of appreciation, you can start accepting and receiving the love that's that's right that's right here right now and not you know i could be beating myself up for dozens of things right now in my life that i could be doing better that i could be doing more but instead right now i'm going to be a rebel and say fuck it <laughs> i'm going to open up and receive the love that's right here and it turns out when you do that you become more creative you become more effective in the world. It's so true. So true. And mm. I think as well, it really works with manifestation because a lot of people I hear say, yeah, I'll, be, yeah. I'll be happy when I get this. I'll be happy when the dream man comes along. Oh, well, I'll be really happy when I get my money or I get the job. And I was like, no, you need to be happy now. You need to be in that vibration of love now, of gratitude, you know, those things aren't going to bring you that kind of warm, fuzzy feeling inside. You know, you've got to give that to yourself. Yeah. I mean, you know this as a, as a teacher of law of attraction. Um, this is a profound shift, you know, to, and it really is about just being aware and like realizing what you're doing. 
that's the benefit, for, at least for me, um, of going to therapy. Uh, when I first went to therapy, uh, I was in, I went to couples counseling, which by the way, I don't think is just for couples who are in danger. I think couples therapy is so cool because you have a, a neutral third party who's helping each of you understand yourself and how you uh, communicate uh, with your partner. So I just think couples therapy is the coolest thing. And she told me a few things about the way that I am with another person um, in regards to how I was raised and, and my ch early childhood. And the clarity and the awareness of, oh, yeah, that's why I do that. It's not random. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Clarity and awareness can shift your entire uh, life and your entire way of like going through your life day to day. And I think, and I'm saying this because this law of attraction realization that, oh, I'm attracting my vibration. I'm attracting my vibration. So if I'm vibrating the highest levels of, uh, of consciousness, which are gratitude, appreciation, joy, abundance, that's a vibration. You can vibrate these things whether you're sitting in a dark cave and you can also be vibrating the opposite, um, despair, hopelessness, negativity, you know, this and negativity encompasses all of these feelings, um, lack, um, scarcity. You can be vibrating these things sitting in a palace. And so, and what's coming to you is what you're vibrating. Now, this doesn't mean that if you, you, you know, I, I said something along these lines at a talk that I was giving and a, 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 someone, a person stood up and said, you know, I'm a trauma counselor. And what you're saying is, could be triggering for some people who feel that they are, and, and she, she said in no uncertain terms, this, what, what you're saying is victim blaming. And I said, no, 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 no. You got it wrong. You got it wrong. Listen again. You, when you're vibrating qualities of higher consciousness, you are much more likely to attract experiences that match that vibration. That does not mean that in your life, there are not perhaps fates built into your experience as learning experiences. And sometimes they are rough. Sometimes you lose your child. Sometimes you experience grisly phenomena, grisly human conditions. Sometimes you experience rape. Sometimes you experience intense grief and sadness. I'm not saying that these things are okay. I'm also not saying that you necessarily attracted them into your life. Uh, what I do feel confident saying is that when you're in conscious control of how you're vibrating, the qualities of consciousness with which you're vibrating, uh, you're more likely to pull these experiences into your life, whether it be positive or negative. As much as I love angels and, and um, the more you could say um, mystical and beautiful imagery of new age thought. Uh, I, I also recognize that God is a universal set of laws uh, and it really is not so personal and so emotional. 
it's it, what we're talking about. The law of attraction is just a law. It, it's not that personal. Uh, your mind is a, is a sort of radio frequency. And when you tune into a frequency, a higher frequency, you're going to tune into all of the higher frequency uh, bandwidth of life. And when you're tuned into a lower frequency, you're just going to tune in to all of the lower frequency bandwidths of life. It's just a law. It's pretty basic. And once you understand that, that, that this is happening and that you have control over it, then you can get about the business of adjusting your tuner. Definitely. So what are your top tips for loving and accepting ourselves? And are there any kind of recommend, um, practices that you recommend doing on a, on a daily or weekly basis? I love finding myself, you know, I love an opportunity to shift my thinking. And I see everything that's happening to me, whether it's good or bad, as a lesson that the universe would have me learn. One of the most powerful ways you can sort of take back your agency and your power is by using that as a mantra. All things are lessons that God would have me learn. All things are lessons that the universe would have me learn. That changes you from victim to victor. It gives you a sense of, okay, I'm, I am, th this is here to actually teach me something, to elevate me to improve me, to uplift me, even if it's something that's, that's horrible. Uh, so just by using that mantra, all things are lessons that God would have me learn. By writing that down, putting it you know, by your computer or by your bed, all things are lessons that the universe would have me learn. That means that the person who would treated you so poorly today and that treated you like you were just worthless, whether it's a family member or just the person behind the counter at the store, all things are lessons that God would have me learn. What is this here to teach me? Maybe I have to create some boundaries. Maybe I need to learn to let it go and realize that this person's stuff is their stuff. It has nothing to do with me. That's one of my most important mantras in life. And that's one of my most important, not only beliefs, but that has become my lived experience. Every day, what is this here to teach me? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Every, all things are lessons that God would have me learn. Secondly, uh, when you forgive other people, it becomes easier to forgive yourself. So a great, sometimes difficult practice is to just pull out a piece of paper and write down a list of people who you haven't forgiven. Write down a list of people. And, and the, the definition of that, here's how to clarify who those people are for you in your own life, is to ask yourself, who am I withholding love from? You can love your best friend, right? Maybe you love your mama. There are people in your life who you love. You love Oprah. Who do you love? You know, those are people who your heart is just totally open to them. When they say something, you listen with an open mind and an open heart. And you listen to them with a tendency to, to understand and believe what they're saying. Who are you withholding that open, openness and love from? Maybe it's a YouTuber you can't stand. Maybe it's someone on Instagram you can't stand. Maybe it's your, a family member or a friend or a former friend who did something. Write down a list of people who you're withholding love from. And if you really want to go deep and you want to heal, and by heal, I mean heal today and create miracles that collapse time, then go, look at each name on that list. Close your eyes. Place your hands on your heart and visualize that person getting everything that they need in life to be happy. When you do that, you create a miracle. And a miracle is an expression of love. And an expression of love isn't limited to the person to whom you're expressing it. It happens to you too. Every time you judge someone else, what you're really doing is judging yourself. You judge other people, you're going to be really harsh on yourself. So this is a practical exercise. Just writing all, all you need. You can even use your computer. I prefer handwriting. I think there's a spiritual element to handwriting. But all you need is to just write down a list of people uh, who you're withholding love from and visualize each name and send love to them by visualizing them getting everything that they need to be happy. Um, you will feel a sense of deep release and also a deeper sense of purpose. Uh, as a side note, when you do stuff like this, spiritual exercises like this, you'll notice that your intuition increases. When I was little, I wanted to be psychic. And finally, I gave up on it. I was like, I'm definitely not psychic. And when I started going into, you know, rooms of very spiritual people and I started speaking to psychics and realizing that psychic phenomena is very real, I realized I didn't have it. So I gave up on it. I was like, I'm just not psychic. I'm intellectually spiritual, but I'm not psychic. But as I started to do this work of really forgiving people, really expanding my heart and my mind and asking bigger questions in life, I became naturally more psychic. Turns out we're all psychic. 
And by doing spiritual exercises like this, like forgiveness, and really allowing it to imbue a sense of peace and calm and empathy and understanding over your entire life, you become naturally more psychic and intuitive. That's a side note. And number three for self-acceptance and love, another really great mantra. When you're in the thick of it, as I said, an opportunity comes your way for learning, for spiritual learning. Uh, oftentimes those are really hard moments uh, where you've done something stupid, you know it was stupid, you know it was unkind, discompassionate, or you're just at a place in your life where everything's falling apart and you feel so bad about yourself. Place your hands over your heart and say, even though I'm not perfect, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. And I have done this many times when it's gotten bad. I remember going through a horrible breakup and standing in the shower, crying. And I placed my hands over my heart and said this to myself, even though I'm not perfect, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Um, and that day, I'll, I'll never forget doing that in the shower that morning, it shifted the energy of that day. Uh, from a place of lack to a place of hope. Uh, and, and that's what I want for anyone listening who finds themselves in a place where they feel worthless, ugly, stupid, not, not enough, not far along enough. When you say that, you open up a little channel, maybe in your top of your head, your crown chakra, you could say, uh, a little channel for grace, for that love of the universe, for God, for that light, to come through you. And you may find that when you do that, when you say those words, even though I'm not perfect, I deeply and completely love and accept myself, that you feel a wash of light or warmth come through your body. And so there's no, uh, you know, I'm not writing a book anytime soon, uh, you know, 11 steps to self-acceptance because they don't exist. Uh, it's, it's, it is only, you know, an act of grace and a conscious willingness to open up to, forgiveness and mercy and grace and faith, um, that these negative feelings sort of fall away of their own weight as you follow the path. Amazing. And it, you know, just so moving all of what you said, like amazing mantras, which I know so many people will get, you know, great comfort and love from. So second to last question, then you work with meditation a lot. And how has medita meditation changed your life? And what would you recommend to people who find it hard switching off, calming their thoughts, or, you know, really committing to that place of being still? I, well, uh, firstly, people may not like this, but uh, some people may not like this, but my meditation practice is irregular. So now you're saying, okay, well, here's a, a meditation teacher saying that his meditation practice is irregular. Oh my God, what hope then is there for me? What I do regularly is pray. And prayer is just a, it's, an, it's a sort of, not, it has become a natural setting for me. And in a way, when I'm praying, I am in a meditative state. So there's so many different ways you can meditate. Um, meditation is, is conscious communion with the truth. 
uh, it's not an intellectual ascent. It is not uh, a place where you're thinking a lot. It's where you're allowing. So for different people, there are different ways to meditate. There's a very traditional way to meditate. Uh, there are things that like transcendental meditation or TM. Uh, I'm certified in a type of meditation and yoga called Kundalini. And let me tell you, those meditations are powerful and I use them uh, frequently. Uh, there, there are some great three minute meditations. There's one called Ego Eradicator that you can Google. Uh, that's just three minutes and it's incredible and it gives you a sense of lightness. There are some heart opening meditations that I do when I'm feeling a sense of grief or sadness and I want to open my heart and maybe let tears flow. Uh, that's Ramadasa meditation. Ramadasa. You can Google that too. That's 11 minutes and that's amazing. Um, so I do those sometimes. But for me, prayer every day. And my prayer is, where would you have me go today? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? And to whom? My prayer is, show me how to forgive. My prayer is, show me. My prayer is, hover over me. God, hover over me today. And that, you, you, know a medi you know it's a meditation and you know it works if you feel like your thoughts sort of weaken their hold on your mind and a sense of peace begins to blossom inside of you. So I, I'm hesitant because I, because I deal with real people. You know, I'm, I talk one-on-one -on -one with people. I, I, you know, I also talk to groups, but I really enjoy talking one-on-one -on -one with people. And right now I'm in, I'm in the suburbs of New England. And I love, you know, and, and, and I've lived in New York for 15, New York City for 15 years. And New Yorkers are kind of a different breed. And I love New Yorkers. I don't have anything bad to say about New Yorkers, only good things. New Yorkers are amazing people. Something different, though, happens when you come into the suburbs and you start actually talking to regular people who live uh, sort of regular lives. And a lot of people don't have time to sit down and meditate, they, they say, right? And so they think they don't have time. And so the idea of meditation is so um, intimidating that they never even explore it. They just say, that's not for me. And so I, I, like to speak, I like to speak to those people. I enjoy speaking to those people and saying, you know, maybe just start praying. Maybe just start using mantras. Start breathing. Start breathing before you swing your feet over the edge of the bed in the morning. Commit to always taking, you know, at least three deep breaths with your eyes closed. And on the inhale, imagining light expanding in your body. And on the exhale, imagining that light expanding past your body and out into the world. And do that just three times with your eyes closed. And boom, you just did a meditation. And commit to doing that.
say, I will not, even if I really, really, really have to go pee, commit to just doing that. And if, if you don't have 30 seconds, then you, and if you really want to be happy, but you say you don't have 30 seconds to take three deep breaths, uh, well then, sorry. Um, <laughs> there are just so many different ways to meditate and it's okay to not, you know, sit down for 30 minutes every day and do a meditation. It's, it's uh, to do a full, you know, seated meditation. Uh, life can be a meditation. For me, I love doing laundry. I know it's weird, but I love doing laundry and doing laundry and folding the laundry. Uh, I realized I was folding the laundry in a hectic way. I was like, okay, I got to finish. Oh, look how much, how many more socks there are left to fold. Oh God. Am I? And then I was like, Jordan, this is a spiritual opportunity. <laughs> I was like, you can actually use every time you're folding the laundry as a time to calm the fuck down and actually just focus and be mindful of folding the laundry. So Folding laundry is a meditative practice for me, or you could say more accurately, a mindful practice for me. So there's your long answer to, you know, how do you do meditation? I say you do meditation by um, incorporating it into many different corners of your life. Uh, you can bring it into work, you know, when you have a colleague that really annoys you. You can bring your breathing practice into those moments. You can breathe in those moments. And as you string these moments together, almost like a, that metaphor of stringing pearls together, that, that really becomes your day, is a string of pearls of these meditative, more mindful moments. And I think it's really important what you say as well about, you know, even just creating that 30-second practice of taking those three deep breaths. You know, if you can't even do that, then, you know, what quality of life do you have if you don't have 30 seconds a day to just commit to yourself? And it really is about, you know, it's not saying you have to unreasonably commit long periods of time a day, like you say, with like 30-minute practices, etc. It's just taking those mindful moments, like you say, whether it's doing the laundry, whether it's cleaning, whether it's on the way to work, walking through the park, you know, just really taking 30 seconds a minute to, you know, center yourself, focus yourself, focus yourself. Absolutely. So my last question to you then today is what is one piece of life advice that you would give to my listeners? Oh, one piece of life advice. Hmm. I would say to the listener right now, you are a noble representative of love. You are a noble representative of love. That is why you were sent here. And when you begin to really, really honor that and embody that when you walk on this earth, when you come home after a long day to your family or when you walk into work or when you're walking down the street, when you walk into the store, how you treat people, when you recognize that you are a noble representative of love, everything changes. Um, Marianne Williamson wrote in her book, A Return to Love, the world cannot crown you. The world can reflect your glory, 
but it cannot crown you. Only God can crown you, and he already has. And that line that she wrote, only God can crown you, and he already has. That line really, it, it may be, may be one, of, one of my favorite lines in all of contemporary literature. Only God can crown you, and he already has. So you are a noble representative of love. Each of us really is. And the people who are acting insanely are people who have forgotten that. So one of the most powerful things you can do today is just place that thought on your mind. Breathe into that. Be open to that. And ask yourself, if I behaved like a noble representative of love, sent here not only for my communities, but also for my family and for my friend group, how might I behave differently? What fears would fall away from me? Just, just put that on your mind. And if you forget it in a couple hours, that's fine. Allow it to just sink into your subconscious. And who knows, you might see some signs pop up later that show you a crown or a symbol of royalty or nobility. Um, the nobility of the world would have us believe that you're wearing a gold crown sitting on a throne living in a palace. But the real royalty, the real nobility is a spiritual lineage. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're, you're part of it. You're already part of it. And it's nothing to be embarrassed or ashamed about or think that you're silly or think that you're not that smart, maybe, because you think it. Uh-uh. It's true. You're a noble representative of love. And now knowing that and knowing that this is your sovereign kingdom, your life is your, is your kingdom, how will you rule? What will you do with that? I think that's the, it's not advice so much as it is a prompt. And if I can sort of drop that into your, into your subconscious today, um, I think this will, this podcast will have been a success. <laughs> Amazing. I, I love that piece of advice. And, you know, as spiritual queens, you know, put your crown back on. And like you say, you know, you already have your crown. So I love that. And I love Marianne's work as well. It's so moving. And it's just been so nice to listen to you talk, John, today. And like really just hear all the beautiful mantras you have to say and, you know, feel your energy. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Um, so where Thank can you. my, sorry, where can my lovely followers find you online? Where can they find your work? Follow me on Instagram, definitely, because I'm, I'm most active on Instagram, at Jordan Bach, B-A-C-H. And also go to my website, thebachbook.com, and sign up for my emails. I don't send them out as often as, you know, social media optimization consultants would, would have me do, or business consultants would have me do. But when I do send out emails, I, I send out, I, I try and make them as chock full and helpful and inspiring as possible. Um, and so I would definitely sign up for my emails. That's why I have, I'm always shocked when people tell me that their open rates, the percentage of people who open their emails hover around, you know, like I think the average is like 8% or 10% and mine are like 40%. Like people like my emails, which I'm always like, you know what? 
I think that's because speaking of law of attraction, I only send out emails and this is good. This is, I think good. Um, this is a good lesson for anyone who, who does anything on the internet, any social media posts or newsletters or blogs or anything is the energy with which you write it is how people receive it. If you write something with uh, the intention of getting something, uh, you will experience uh, maybe a, a lack of, uh, maybe a lack of uh, acceptance or engagement. But if you do something really with the intention to give, which is what I try to do uh, on social media, and on my blog and in my emails, if you really try to give, 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 you will get more than you ever could have imagined. So there's where to find me, at Jordan Bach on Instagram. Go to thebachbook.com to check out my blog and sign up for my email. And then we'll, we will be kings and queens linked for life. <laughs> Brilliant. And I'll also link Jordan's website down below in the description for you. So you've got a clickable link as well. So thank you so much, Sean, for being here today. It's been such a pleasure. And I know my followers will have had so many golden nuggets of takeaways today. Thank you, Emma, so much for having me. So thank you so much, guys, for listening to another one of my podcast episodes today. I hope you have really enjoyed Jordan and I's conversation today. As always, you can find Jordan's website linked down below and any more information about myself and my life coaching over on my website, emmamumford.co.uk. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here because I would love, love to see you again soon. Don't forget to join my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook where you can join myself and other like-minded souls where we talk all things Law of Attraction spirituality and I hope you have a great week whatever you're up to and I will see you in my next podcast episode which will be next week lots of love guys hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.